Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do we sound is my voice? Do we sound you sound silkier. silkier and smoother. Do I sound yeah, silkier and smoother? Right. And it is good to have the crutch of having the mic. Hold it's it. like nice to touch something, hold something, whatever. <laughs> I don't want to touch or hold you. <laughs> they're uh, they're going to the- take them away. Oh, they're still here, baby. That's right. Vice president of NBC Sports is hosting this show with me, Ahmed Farid. Mm-hmm. He's the one that makes these type of calls. You know, mics. What's on TV? Yep. I mean, guy hosts the Belmont. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just another day in the life. But you ask, you receive. So what else do you here. want, Chris? You did I sound can make better. It. It, oh. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. The we've already had compliments on Twitter, right, and on YouTube. People saying the mics make a huge difference. Yep. And Paul did the show with you last time. Yes. And Paul already has maybe the smoothest voice in all of broadcast television. it's pretty good it's like smooth that, it's like you it listen is. to him it's just like i am at peace with the world because right. you hear he is just so smooth um and he made the point that this was a diva move by me because right. i try right. to make it like it's for the podcast for the better of you and paul and me but i will say of all three of us i think the microphone helps me the most it helps you the most it, you think you sound the it gives more, me the biggest boost yeah. more silkier and smooth i'm now. not up to paul's level yet like, and you and you have a very conversational and your your voice cuts through and so you've always had a nice voice oh thanks but i think it brings me up to your level okay better than anyone else wait, so wait let me just paint a picture for me now yeah. so we do the pod last week it comes up what a few hours later mm-hmm. when did you decide to go back and listen and go let me see how this sounds with the new the new mic our podcast our podcast immediately <laughs> i love it like, like, as soon as it was up you wanted to go let up. me test yeah. it right just so you had some bullets in the chamber to go like in case they wanted to fight back on the mics or anything like well, that well, yeah well that's my cred too though because i made a big stink about like i yeah. think it would sound better yeah. What if I was completely no, wrong? No, they're all in. Nobody's complaining better. now. It's good. It's really good. So, so I'm, every, I'm, anything I'm happy. you want, let me I know. Am. Next thing, if something comes up, yep. I'll get it for you. Okay, fine. Yep. Extra million for my next contract <laughs> is what I'm really looking for. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's up? You have a good weekend? Yeah. Was that the, was that the Belmont? At the Belmont. How much did you sweat? That was oh, hot, hot as hell that day. So hot. Yeah. And we wore the jackets and everything. Right. And I'm, if you're watching on YouTube right now, yeah. I'm wearing the polo. Oh, there it is. We have a picture oh, of it. Oh, look at you. With the trophy Ooh, presentation. Oh, mm, and wait, wait. Look at that silky smooth. Po- that's such a pose, too. Hand Left in hand the in the pocket. Yeah. Like, what is that? That should be a pose. <laughs> because there's something like that. Like, you know, it's just something about when there's a camera taken and you're uh-huh. in nice clothes, you want to put that hand in the pocket. You know what it was? I was holding my notes in my left hand. Oh, so, you so I have a note seen. card right. of Michael Del Judas there, who's the Naira chairman, who I just I kept repeating that name in my head because I had to introduce him. Jimmy Bell, 
who's getting the trophy. And so if I ever had one of those moments where I freeze, yeah. I got the card in my pocket yeah, to good. pull it that's out. Good. That's good. So but should. I don't want people to know that I have that note card, so that's okay. why I put my hand in the pocket. All right, that's fine. I mean, what's wrong with holding it or showing it anyways? I mean, I feel like we've gotten past that stage in TV. It looks TV so much where, cooler. When but it does like look cooler. LA. Damn. You are like a male model or something. <laughs> I really did. You, you didn't get sunburn either. Didn't that's pretty sunburned, good. No. Horse, the race was exciting itself. It was a really good. race. I mean, the fact that I'm blanking on the one that came Essential out. Essential quality. You know, Hot Rod uh, Charlie. Uh, yeah, Hot yeah. Rod Charlie to lead for that long and, and then, then to almost hang on was one of the most yeah. impressive second place finishes in Belmont. It history. really. That's. I gotta agree. I watch every year, and I was sitting here like me and my little girl who were into it. Really, were kind of like, yes, you know, oh here he goes, he's gonna pull away, and then we were like, There's, what? This other guy is hanging in there. So uh, and they both. Finished. Always enjoy one it. and two in, in the, the Breeders' D- Cup Juvenile. That's right. Right. For, as two-year-olds, right. like the two-year-old champion. So, uh, all yeah, right. It well, was pretty exciting. Way to go! I'm sure if we inspected your suit there, there would have been a sweat stain. But we won't. We don't have the pictures right now. I'm and wearing I will a polo for the first time. Yeah, feels good. I'm. I'm already feeling like. It's already happening. It's happening. Yes. It's happening. We're like three minutes in, and I already this like this could be really bad because I feel like that this. The All right, you're good. It's not happening. hot in here, so don't worry. It's hey, hot as hell I, outside. I'm a little hot. But oh, okay. 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 All right. Well, here so, we go, baby. You ready? Quarterback yeah. countdown. And we haven't even gotten into it yet. We have the quarterback countdown. We're going twenty through seventeen. We're, it's getting four. We're doing four now because it's getting that much more important. So we'll go 20 through 17. Uh, we got to talk about some reaction to some previous rankings. Ben Roethlisberger, no love for Jordan Love. Uh, we got the quarterback, coach, Royal Rumble countdown, the tag team partnership. We're going 16 through 9. So we're going all the way into the top 10 to see which coaches could beat up which wow, other coaches. Wow, big deck. Uh, and then we'll finish off with a rate your snap count and... Chris Sims, yeah. professional body inspector, makes a return. You, I mean, what else am I here for? I mean, nobody's better <laughs> at looking at men in shorts than Chris Sims. This is, this, so. is a, this is why you didn't get the microphones to begin with. Because you said, I want them because I can hold them and touch them and feel them. And right. it just made people uncomfortable. And then uncomfortable. talk about male bodies and yeah, things and like that. See, and they're like, that's nah. exactly why. Yeah, okay. You well, hey, they're back. Here we go, times. baby. But before we get into all that, yeah. Julio Jones Ooh. is no longer an Atlanta Falcon was a rookie there in 2011, played his last year in 2020. Now he is going over to the Tennessee Titans for a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick. They're picking up his full salary, $15 million this year. Doesn't have much guaranteed for next year. So really it is a one-year shot on Julio Jones for Tennessee. What's your reaction to I that? I mean, huge move, huge. I mean, first off, I, I mean, uh, Atlanta – and I'm going to get into that in a second. I think they got what they could get here at this point for the current, you know, state or point in time here. All right, but the 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 star of the day is the Tennessee Titans, of course. I mean, the Titans went from a hey, they're a playoff team, like a solid playoff team. That's how we viewed them. To now we go, oh, they're a Super Bowl team. That's what it did for them. You know, and you know, I, I sit there and I asked Mike Florio this today earlier today. I mean, it's hard for me to think of a trade here in recent history or anything like that uh, at the wide receiver position to go. Wait, you're going to trade for that guy to pair him with that guy? Two number ones on the field at the same time. I mean, legit number one receivers, both legit top ten receivers. Mm-hmm. Julio, you know, last year he was top five for me for sure. He's still dancing around that. AJ is square firmly a top 10 receiver so like from that standpoint okay and I just look at it that way I go wow what a what a duo that is that'll that'll I mean that'll rival any duo I, I really think in the history of football 
as it stands right now. I know we haven't seen it on the field, all right? And you, again, I know Moss and Carter's up there, and there's some other ones through time. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it it's not that, you know, commonplace to have two top ten receivers on your football team at the same time. I know the, the Patriots traded for uh, Randy Moss, and that gave him Moss and Wes Welker, which is a great combination. But, like, Wes is a different kind of guy. This is like, you know, he's more of a slot you know, route runner, I'm going to do the underneath type of stuff. These are two of the same physical freak type of guys. And here's the last thing, too. I don't mean to talk all the time here, but, like, for how they want to play football, it makes the most sense. That's where it's an awesome fit, and I give John Robinson a lot of credit, the GM for the Tennessee Titans, to look at his team and go, wait, we run the ball, Derrick Henry, he's our bread and butter, right? Okay, what's the most effective way to keep people off of him? Oh, two difference makers on the outside, right? And that's where I look at it and go, it's going to really put teams in a bind. You know, a lot of the times you see like these great running teams, they might have one guy that scares you and you go, ooh, we don't want to leave him man to man. But now to have two guys that legitimately scare you to where you go, ooh, we're going to leave our guys one-on-one with with this group and what they can do, you know – before the ball's in the air, after the catch, whatever, is really, really special that way. They're game-breaking receivers. So that's where I like it. And they're going to be able to get in packages of plays, Ahmed, where they're going to be able to – he's going to call two plays in the huddle. One's going to be a run. One's going to be an aggressive down-the-field play-action pass or something like that. And he's going to look at coverage and go, oh – they're playing one safety. They want to stop Derrick Henry. Okay, one of these guys is one-on-one. See you later. Boom, completion. Oh, wait, now they're protecting. They're scared of us because we're throwing deep. Oh, now they're outnumbered in the box. We're going to run the football. That's where it makes sense. It's a simple formula, except I think it's going to be extremely effective, and I just like what Tennessee's done this offseason. They were already one of the better offensive teams in football yeah, last year. I, right. was looking, I was trying to look up and where they were, were for points per game. They were fourth in points per game, 30.7. Just the Bucks, the Bills, and the Packers were ahead of them. So they're dangerous. They were already dangerous. I guess, I mean, isn't still the question for them, though, if they can stop anybody? Well, it is. It is. And I think they've tried to make the improvements on the defensive side of the ball, drafting Caleb Farley, signed Janoris Jenkins, signed a Kevin Johnson, you know, signed Bud Dupree in free yeah. agency, Danico Autry. So, like, hopefully that's going to work out to where I think they went into this going, wait, our defense, we, we feel like we made the proper adjustments, right? Now they looked at it and go, okay, we lost Corey Davis, right? You know, the, their own line is good, but I don't know if it's as dominant as it was two, three years ago. I don't know. I think that's a little bit questionable, but this helps it out. It does. And that's where it, it's a, it's a game-breaker that way, let alone, hey, your offense wants to play a style of football that fits both of those receivers, and you have a quarterback that is a really good down-the-field thrower of the ball. Like, I've seen people making fun of, like, oh, Julio said he was going to go to a place with a strong-arm quarterback, and now they're laughing because it's Ryan Tannehill. Like, those people who put out that stuff, I go, I just want to go, you're an idiot. You don't know what you're talking about. You're an idiot. He's one of the best down-the-field throwers in football, especially the last two years. I mean, A.J. Brown had a 20-yard completion, you know, average two years ago. This past year he had 15. They're not doing it through screens. It's not that. It's not like dink and dunk and then A.J. runs for 20 yards. No, every time I turn on the film, A.J.'s running 50 yards down the field and he just opens his pocket up and Ryan Tannehill throws it in there. So, like, stop being a hater on, like, old narratives. Move on with the world. It's 2021. Fucking Ryan Tannehill's good. 
So fuck off with that stupid narrative. All right. I mean, it's a, we're starting to we're still to, we're still holding on to like 2017 narratives in 2021. Shut the fuck up. You're wrong. And that's where I'm excited about it. If that's not a T-shirt in Tennessee, yeah. I will be hugely disappointed. It's 2021. Ryan Tannehill's good. Get yeah, over it. Move the fuck on. That's where I wanted to say. Okay, I know, but uh, I'm. We I'm, haven't seen either Matt Ryan or Ryan Tannehill on your list so far. No, Safe I will say, say Ryan Tannehill is better than Matt Ryan, and okay. he will be ahead of him on my rankings for sure. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, but I'm not going to give a, a, many more clues than that. But yes, I would rather have Ryan Tannehill. He's a better athlete at this point of his career. He's got a bigger arm at this point of his career. He's still in the prime of his career. Where okay. Matt Ryan's on the outside edge of his prime. Last thing, yeah. are we talking about Julio as though he's still the same Julio, and is that correct? He led the NFL in receiving yards not that long ago, 2018. Right. Right. Played just nine games last year. He's been pretty healthy throughout yeah. his career. I'm looking at his games played in 16, 15, pretty much his whole career except for a no, couple years. No, it's not. I know. It's a and narrative. last year happened to be one of those years, though. It, it, it's, a, it's, it's a narrative that's out there that's like a false narrative to a degree because everyone talks about the injuries and injuries right. and injuries, and you go, wait, he's only missed this many games. But it's not really a false narrative in the fact that everybody in the know in the NFL knows that Julio has basically been doing load management to a degree. He doesn't practice Wednesdays and Thursdays. He's always mm-hmm. questionable for the game on Sunday. It's always a, we're going to see how he feels Sunday morning or Saturday at the practice to see if he could do it. Right. So that's a very known thing. That was part of this you know, conversation as well. But yes, no, I, don't, I still think we're looking at a top five-ish type talent at the position right now in the NFL for sure. Yeah. And that's where it's awesome. They're both big, physical and run block, run over the middle can beat you over the top and do all of that uh and that's where it's the perfect fit not only just player for player but like we talked about the style of play in which they want to play with so he's arriving into tennessee he did that earlier today Kristen, do we have the uh, video here so uh, chris you switched teams a few times in your career was this the treatment you got? He's getting off the <laughs> private jet. He's got a couple cool bags. He does have some cool bags. And he gets a handshake and a bro hug from uh No, no. I never personnel got person that type of treatment. That's only for <laughs> the stars of the stars. I like that little, look at that, a little Titans emblem right by the door there. Isn't that oh, nice? On the private jet. Yeah, on yeah. the private jet. So, the, you know, the uh, Adams family sent that out for him. And, no, I never reached that status. I was getting very close. Right, I was close to being able to. Maybe I'm going to get a jet. And then I lost my spleen. I was I was on my way there. Okay, I was on my yeah. way there. So I was going to play in a playoff game. Right. Uh, okay, might be a free agent after this year yeah. and all those type yeah. of things. Right. So I thought like maybe hey maybe this Someone year will woo me for a couple of years. I might and- somebody right, but but that's only for quarterbacks and the stars of stars. Like yes, I I feel like. If you're not signing a contract, if you're not like a real, real big time star or have mm-hmm. a contract worth more than ten million per year, they're not going to send the jet. Yeah, that's probably, probably and if my they do, line. it's for you and some. They're picking up someone else along the way. Oh, there's that. You're yeah. If they do, it's you've somehow the just owners there reaches was, the good grace of the family, and I don't know how, yeah. but they're picking you up. The somehow. owner was going that way anyway, and they're right. like, well, I'll, I'll pick, pick up, up Chris. Yeah, too. yeah, something like that. Something like. All right, last thing I do want to hit no, on but this. That's another T-shirt. You just said another T-shirt. What's that? I'll pick you up on the way. <laughs> no, I, I was close to getting a jet, and then I lost my spleen. Uh, I mean, you've been talking about gear. Maybe these are the type of things we need to come with. One hundred percent, we need. Gear. So maybe we that's maybe that's the next merchandise thing. Like we just things we say off here. Maybe we start a yes. 
baby blue t-shirt yep with like the titan navy blue on there right, right. and it says ryan Tannehill, and underneath it says yeah. it's 2021 fucking move on he's yes. good yes. deal with it right something like that Pete, write all these down see right. if these will work is uh, we might slogans. have we might have something to this i'm not gonna lie okay. we could right, we, could, we could do it all Pete's, right wait pete says we're just printing money all we right gotta, before we move on to your top 40 one final I, well i just want to hit on because the atlanta thing i think is worth hitting on there Right, people. I think a lot of people, and I just would like to say this to the listeners because I think a lot of people look at it and go, "What? They traded Julio Jones away for a second round pick? That's it? Mm-hmm. A second and a fourth? Yeah, we know he's a first round talent, but the timing of the trade—it's not about the player always. It's about you know the market itself. And this was a bad time. It's like you know, it's like Wall Street. The market's down right now. Yeah, this time of the year, most teams have their teams filled. They've had the draft. They've had free agency, right? The Falcons wanted out of this situation purely, mostly because of money. That's why they wanted out of it. They don't want to take the risk of keeping him on. Oh, he shows up for training camp. He breaks his ankle. We got to pay him fifteen million dollars. We're going to yeah. hope to trade him during training camp. He might not you know? have wanted to be there either. No, no, I don't think he did. Like he wanted to move on. You know, I, I, I. I was one that reported, what was that, Pete, three weeks ago? I had been told by somebody in the know. The Tennessee Titans were the leader in the leader house for, for Julio Jones. You know, it was them, and then the, the Patriots were very much in the conversation. I t- was told that by somebody I know knows. So I didn't just, like, pull that out of my ass. But, like, the Atlanta thing, that's what everybody's got to realize more than anything. Yeah, Julio Jones is worth more than what they got, but not at this time right now. You know, this is where I ask, like, why weren't these conversations or more the trades more aggressively pursued early on in the offseason when you could have got teams bidding against each other mm-hmm. and doing that? Yeah, they could have got more if they hold on to him and wait for the trade deadline. But just like we talked about there, there's the risk, too, of him getting hurt or what he sits out and doesn't play and waits for the trade deadline. And then teams are like, well, he hasn't played all year. I don't know if you want to trade yeah. for him and give you a first round pick. So they were kind of stuck. You know, they held on to the lifeline of Julio Jones too long. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because of Arthur Blank or because of the new front office people or whatever, but in this current environment right now, sitting here in the middle of June, you're not going to get a first-round pick for Julio Jones. And I know a lot of people are like in shock because they go, wait, they got a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. You know, they traded or traded away a second-round pick to get Hayden Hurst. Well, you know, again, Mohamed Sanu, they just got lucky. They, they had a receiver they could trade away for. There was three or four Super Bowl teams that were in the hunt that really needed receivers. So they ended up bidding for each other. That made it a second-round pick. You know, they never got to that point with Julio Jones. I also was one that was saying last year during the season, because I could see the writing on the wall going, if I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I'm thinking about trading Julio Jones during the trade deadline. I saw it on the, I saw it on the wall. You know, it's over. The lifeline for that team was over. You know, it's a little like the Eagles. They've been hanging on to that Super Bowl team. Like, oh, we still might get back there with this team. And it's just like, no, it's over. And now, you know, you don't act or don't act aggressively enough or the right timing of it or whatever else. And now they have a chance, even though I think this was as good as they could do right now, they have a chance to be like a joke at the end of the year because if Julio – and AJ both have like 1,200 yards receiving, and the Titans are a one, two, or three seed. 
everyone's going to be on like Twitter or anything making fun of the Falcons like, oh, this is the best offense in football and you got him for a second round pick. Julio's a, a pro bowler. And the thing I want to say to that is first off, yes, but like you said, Tennessee Titans offense was real good too. I yeah. Mean, it's real good. It was second in football last year. They're already year. good. Yeah. They were already good. They're but beach. now it could be great. Yeah, they could be great. They could yeah. be the best offense in football. Yeah. And, and yeah, we'll see how for Atlanta, you always want to get that draft capital and then use it right away. Like, it would have been ideal that they could use that second round and fourth sure. round pick this year. Now you got to wait a whole year. That's not ideal. I will say from the other point of view, last thing I'll say on it, is that people are saying, why couldn't they get more? There are going to be a lot of fan bases that say, why couldn't our team give Trade, up you have a two, a, a two or a right, four? Right. You know, like the 49ers were interested. We've seen them give up two ones and then take Trey Lance with the other one. Uh, why not just, you know, hey, we're all yeah, in. We're I, already all in. Yeah. Give a two, give a four, and let's get Julio on this No, team. I think you bring up a good point there that I think a lot of teams are going to look at and go, why didn't we do that? You know, and, you know, again, every some teams feel good at that position, you know, as far as the, the wide receiver's concerned. You also have to have a place where – Julio signs off. People forget about that. That's true. He's not going to be like, oh, I'm going to Houston, everybody. Yeah. I know Deshaun Watson's not going to be there and they stink. I want to go there. Yeah. Like, so again, it, he dictates the teams and in, in interest there a little bit too. That's why we heard this go to Tennessee. He, they had interest. He had interest. I got to think AJ Brown, as I said all along, knew about all of this. That's why he was on social media mm-hmm. pushing it along, kind of fanning the fire a little bit because <laughs> he was trying to put a little public pressure, I think, on the Titans in the situation. But yeah, you're you're right though. I think there's there's teams that'll look at it that way. But the other aspect too, and the other thing to that, you know, we talked about the injury and the risk and all that, his age. But I think the other concern that's real out there is that he might ask if he has a big year, he might ask for a new contract, yeah. and that's another thing. I think lowers the value or scares team mm-hmm. you know away from the conversation do you have that cap are you willing to do that to a for a 33 year old or whatever well that's what's that gonna point. be interesting yeah. with tennessee because aj brown can get a new contract after this year too yeah so they gotta both. they're gonna have to pay him top tier money you've already paid your quarterback right running they paid their running back which they got away with a good deal for the running back yeah. i mean they got one of the best offensive players in football for what a little more than 11 million a year that's pretty insane like julio's making double that for yeah. average salary. They're all in. They're all in for this year. Hopkins they'll, is double. They'll worry about that yeah. uh, after this year. All right. all right. So that's Julio. There's more. You talked to Mike Florio about it for a long time. Yeah, a long time. An PFT hour. PFT Live. You can get that wherever you get your podcasts or on Peacock as well. All right. We're getting in to the top 40 once again. We're making it into the top 20 in partnership with Woodford Reserve Bourbon, the Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. That's pretty cool. You did this it last is. time with Paul. Very right? cool. Very I cool. I do like. I do like Woodford. You're Reserve. a Woodford, Woodford oh Reserve gosh. guy. It's I good took to a hear. tour of their distillery in Kentucky. Did you really? When I was covering the All Star game in Cincinnati, we drove an hour and a half. Right. It was awesome. Yeah, I I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm tempted to do that, and I think that the next time I am in Louisville with my family, I'm probably check gonna it go out. check it out. It is really right. cool. Are you getting some free stuff? For uh, this or I mean, no? I've been told that. We'll. We'll see. I mean, okay, well, so, I am a fan. I know. Let me put oh. that on record. And I'm a beginner burby, bourbon whiskey yeah. uh, drinker. You're a burby. You burby. That's a, that's yeah, a beginner burby. You're a burby. <laughs> right. So uh, <laughs> it is something that I'm kind of only recently acquired the taste for, and I'm not sure yeah. if I know yeah. what's good and what's not yet. So maybe, we're hanging out on June 24th. We are. For the first time, the families are coming we're together. We're going to hang out. So maybe that's a time we can share that drink together and talk about it. And the, and the wives will drive back. Yes. Uh, for me. Right. Uh, okay. So let's get into number 20 here. Um, talking about uh, stars, aging stars, Julio Jones, 
uh, finding a new team. How about number 20 on your list? Found a new team last year and is back this year. That's right. Cam Newton, number 20. That's right. Cam Newton's still one of the 20 best quarterbacks in football for my money. I know the quarterback throwing stats might not show it. All right. I get it. Like we've talked about with some other quarterbacks, though, you know, on this list already. It's not about the quarterback stats all the time. It's the effect you have on the football game. You know, he's a little bit of a force of nature that way. And I think that sometimes gets a little swept under the rug when you talk about Cam Newton. I understand it wasn't all pretty last year, but I think there are some outside circumstances that you have to be realistic about with Cam Newton and break down and go, well, this led to some issues and some problems, not only because of their football team, but because of COVID and everything we've talked about. But Cam Newton still has got one of the greatest presence of all quarterbacks on the NFL football field. You've heard all New England Patriots players talk. He's a great leader. He's a great worker. Those guys, even though they weren't even talented on offense last year, they felt like they could win every game because they're like, damn, we got number one out here he's Superman he does special things I mean he does and again you have to get over the passing numbers at time and I understand work needs to be done in the passing department we're going to break that down here in a second but like if we're going to talk about the work that has to be done in the pass game too and the negatives there it's like you've heard me say too then we got to start talking about some of the positives in the other areas that people try to avoid the conversations as in like he's one of the best running quarterbacks in football still and his skill set running the football is one of the things that made that not very talented offense somewhat of a threat in certain weeks. And it certainly made him one of the best running offenses in football. And again, I know it's going to be eight touchdowns, 10 interceptions passing. Well, how does the stat line sound when you add 12 rushing touchdowns to that? And it's 20 to 10 now, mm-hmm. right? And he's second on the team in rushing. 592 with, yards you. rushing. You add those stats to his passing numbers, right? And then you could also give the benefit of the doubt to some of these other numbers these other running backs have on their football team and go, well, a lot of those yards, you know why? I mean, they're, they're good, and I'm not trying to take it away, but, but it's the Cam Newton effect too. Cam Newton's effect on the overall running game was a big part of New England's success when they were successful on that side of the football. So I think you have to take in that account. And, you know, I said to you early on in these quarterback countdowns, I think maybe I took presence and leadership and your effect on others maybe a little bit more into account this year than I did other years. And, okay, you know, maybe I'm bullish on Cam Newton compared to the rest, but I can sit here realistically and look at it and go – Wait, it's a tough offense, as you've heard me talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, the offense itself, not talented. I mean, for some reason, everybody knew talked about that when Tom Brady was the quarterback. But with Cam Newton, it didn't quite get accentuated. It was kind of like, ah, screw it. You're supposed to be better. Why? Why? I mean, it was the same cast of characters minus Julian Edelman for half the year. Okay? And he doesn't know the system like Brady. So... It wasn't going to be easy either way, even if he was better at the system. But then you talk about COVID and everything like that. Listen, that's real. I don't know what else to say. Everybody's got to get over that. Go back and watch the first three games when he was in rhythm and the offense had a flow and everything like that. You saw a different guy than what came back after COVID where he really struggled at first but then found his way. And I would also sit there and go say, go, go through some games and you're going to go, wait. Like I did when you go through the Jets or the Ravens or some other games that, yeah, maybe they won or maybe even they lost, like the Bills game that was close. He plays the game perfect. Like, 
Amon. He doesn't make one mistake in the game. I can watch those films of those games, maybe other than the Jets game, where I go, ooh, he could have been maybe a little more aggressive on a few throws. But for the most part, some of these games I go, he literally could not have played more perfect. Hmm. There was not one more guy open than what was there. He made that and more than what was there happen, plus not making big mistakes. They had no room for error, this football team. And that's where I defend him. So I understand. Yeah, we got to fix some of the passing things, and that's a real issue. There's no doubt about that. But I, I guess I'm I'm confident he's going to fix those things because of what I saw before COVID. And then there was enough inklings after he got back in the rhythm later in the year to make me feel that way too. And I'm also, hey, do I know things up in New England and things like that? Of course I do to a degree. Uh, but I also know how high of a regard they hold him in and what he does for their team and their foot and and then their locker room too. So that's yeah. where I'm I'm high on Cam Newton. Yeah, I think the thing that just sticks out is you can remember. I, I yes. can visualize some passes where it's like Cam. They were horribly it's an bad. Eight yard pass and Cam just chucks it to the ground four yards yes. downfield. Right, and so those things stick out. But looking at his attempts in the second half of the year, because I, I did think you know after COVID. He struggled. He's had injuries in the past, mechanical issues. I was like, man, did they just run the ball exclusively? You take a look at what he did after COVID and then before COVID, because you had him ranked 10th yeah. last year. Yes, that was even before he signed right. with the Patriots. Right. Um, and you were feeling pretty good about that after the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Comes back after COVID. Doesn't look quite as good. But I will say this. Week 11, they still threw the ball 40 times against Houston. Yeah. Week 14, 27 times against Miami. Week uh, 17, 30 times against the Jets, and he completed over 65% of his passes in all three of those games. And so I, I guess maybe— It's a little it, better than you remember. Yeah. It's that bad stretch that was really bad. Like, it wasn't downfield, though. I think yeah. that's the thing that sticks no. out, right? Wasn't it? It was mostly around the it line was. of scrimmage, intermediate short. It was. But, you know, they've told you some answers, too. You know, again, this is where, like, read between the tea leaves a little bit. Yeah. You know, that's why they went out and got two new tight ends and two receivers. They weren't like, let's get two not two tight ends and two receivers because Cam Newton sucks. Or, like, they went, no, we have to help Cam Newton. Like, it's not realistic to ask for much better results than what we got with yeah. what we had last they year. They might have done the same thing if they still had Tom Brady. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, I probably would have been better because he could have taken advantage of, like, more of the mental aspect of the offense because yeah. of all the years of being in it, and there's just an, an endless Rolodex of plays he has in his brain from that system. So that's where – but, yes, they still would have had moments of struggling. There's no doubt about and it. And wanted to improve the offensive right. talent. Yes, exactly right. Like, if Brady was still there, I still think this would have been a year, oh, they had money to spend. They were going to get receivers and do that, you know. So uh, I, I think, you know, your point is real. The bad was really bad, and it all was, of course, right after you know he came back from COVID. He really lost his ability to throw the football there. So then you take that, and also the you know the newness of the offense. Okay, yeah, we're winning with a basic mm-hmm. way. Okay, yes, you can win with a basic way in a lot against a lot of teams, but hey, there's going to be a few games where they're all over your basic stuff. Now you're yeah. going to be able to get a little more intricate in the passing game. He wasn't ready for that. Their offense wasn't ready for that in general. And that's where I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But the mechanics and throwing are real. Yeah. And aren't I, I got to show that a little. Exactly. Are you worried? Do you have here? Are you going to put on I'm the not, microphone? Not, or are you going to hold this? I'm just going to do it right here. Are you but. worried that you have a quarterback ranked 20 in the NFL who last year lost the ability to throw? 
at yeah. certain points. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried. Okay. I, I just feel like the guy, the worker, the talent, it's all still there. It can come and back. It can come back. You mentioned it already came back. You come. You already they mentioned threw the it ball for me. Quite they a threw bit. the ball. But what and does it, he need to do here? Well, you're yeah. going to show and, us. And, and also, it can compound when you're. You know, okay, COVID, but you're a new place. You're learning things. You're dropping back. You're thinking of reads. You're also dropping back and, oh, wait, you know, let me fix my little mechanical issues. There, things like that can compound you at a quarterback, uh, quarterback position yeah. and almost like, you know, uh, handcuff you to do a great. But his big thing, more than anything, that you'll see from last year is too much of the front shoulder up, like here, okay? So anybody watching on YouTube – it would be his left shoulder. It's going to be my right shoulder. Really hiked up high like this, right? Can't you see him stand in the pocket like this, right? He gets zero front shoulder movement, zero at times. He literally will just go from here and go, oh, I'm Cam Newton, and I'm going to break this ball, and I'm so strong it doesn't matter. I mean, that's what he does. And it's amazing he gets some of these. I mean, me and my dad have marveled for years of going, I don't know how he does that. I don't know. He just roar thirty yard rifle down the middle, and you're like the mechanics weren't good. He just muscled it down there, and that's where it's got to change. So he does that, right? Yeah. So that's like you know me, and we talk about this a lot, right? You gotta get, you gotta get some front shoulder movement. There has to create opposites between the upper body and the lower body. He wouldn't do that, and then. What he did to try to get that sensation, right? Now, here I am. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm explaining. But if I'm throwing right at the camera, and here's Cam Newton and the front shoulders really tucked up high. Like, first off, you can't really rotate when you have your shoulder jacked up into your right ear or your left ear like that, right? Yeah. My right ear. You can't. You can't rotate. It's hard. Plus, you have tension. So... How are you going to be real elastic and let the ball fly and go if you're like, I'm going to squeeze the crap out of this ball and break it? So he has that issue, which doesn't lend itself to rhythm and just being fluid throwing the football. But then to create the opposites, because he's, tr he's trying to figure out some way, here I am throwing at the camera, okay, and he's going to throw the ball to 12 o'clock. We're standing in the middle of the clock again, right? Yeah. Throw the ball to 12. He steps at 9 o'clock all the time. You know, for me, it's 3 o'clock because I'm a lefty. But here it is, and it's a shoulder's jack. And he's got throws where his, his leg is over here, and he's throwing it this way. He's stepping at the sidelines, but throwing a in the dead middle of the field in cut to Julian Edelman. Mm -hmm. And you're going, okay, yeah, you completed it because you got talent, and you're strong, and you got a good hand. But, like – you're not going to be a machine throwing the football that way. You know, there's going to be days where all of a sudden, you know, you just don't got it or whatever, and then it comes to one of those throws that you're talking about where you go, right. it's a 10-yard out route, and he skipped it on the ground at eight yards. Like, what the fuck? And that's where mechanics and rhythm and everything come into play. I've seen him do it before. He so you've seen him do it before. Seen him do it before. That's the, it the first three weeks. That's the argument. He's 32. Yep. He's had injuries. Yep. This is who he is. Yeah. It's 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 not as it's not who he is. He just he got into just like a golfer or a tennis player at times. 
he got into a little funk with his forehand or his driver. Yeah. And he's got to figure out the mechanic that fits him or what his talking point is to literally fix that in his own brain. But I feel like you were saying that at consistent. the end of 2019 as well. I he was. was. Getting into well, some bad habits. 2019. Well, we, we talked about 2019 was – I'm trying to think of my years here. Yeah. Uh, 2019 is he didn't really play because right. he had the foot thing. Right. And he talked about changing his mechanics because he had the shoulder surgery the year before, which when 2018, again – we can go back and go, oh, Cam Newton was, through the first eight weeks of the year, one of the two or three best players in football. And then he tore his shoulder, and it became, wait, he's not throwing as good. What's wrong with the accuracy? Well, he's fucking playing with a torn labrum. So, yeah, that's that affected it. So, yes, it's been a few years. And because of that and this, like, COVID thing, it's, it's affected his rhythm of being a, a real good thrower. So, hopefully, he's had a full offseason in this offense – working on his mechanics to where he hits the ground running and there's nothing to halt it this year. Cause that's really been the big thing. It's like halt it, wait, let me figure it out. Keep going. And some people aren't as good when they have to come back after that little long stretch. They need to get back in that rhythm around any corner within every battle. And with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. There's some uncertainty, clearly, with Cam Newton, but we saw him at his best last year being able to carry a team that was not very good offensively and win him a whole lot of games, did not make the playoffs. Maybe they can do that this year. There's another team that did not make the playoffs last year that has high expectations for this team. It is the team with a new quarterback. Number 19 on the Chris Sims list is... I'm going to go with Sam Darnold right here. Yeah. Hello, I'm a historian. My name's Chris Sims. I'm reading Quarterback of the Future. (laughs) Bam, there's Sam Darnold. Yeah, I'm excited about Sam Darnold. I mean, we're going to see. We're going to get answers about Sam Darnold this year. Hey, he's a hard placement. Yeah, it's a little bit of my own projection and what I think and all of that. I he had, understand. He had him 23 last year, so he's not far he's, off. He, no, that. he's not far off. He actually went up he after went up. a pretty bad year in New York. I know, but there's still, like, when I went back and watched him, there's still plenty to like. You know, again, let's not be unrealistic. What did we really expect from Sam Darnold in that offense? That, that's the first thing I would tell people. I'm going to go, you have him at 19? Did you see their offense or or their their record last year? Okay, 
What what about it was where, where where did it go wrong? Was it the throwing to Braxton Berrios as your main target, or throwing to Chris Hogan who's playing lacrosse and he was your main target for a few weeks? Like, come on, like you've heard me say, you're surrounded by shit. You're gonna look like shit every now and then, and so that is the problem with with Sam Darnold. They never gave him support, but Darnold like is still has to me all the physical attributes to be a big time franchise quarterback. I see it. I don't I don't care about the results and the stats and the win loss. I can see it. You know, he is awesome in the pocket. He like is a he's a he scrambles within the pocket, which is like rare. It's almost like Big Ben back in his prime where he used to just move around the pocket. But yet this guy can get outside the pocket and run. I mean, turn on the Broncos Thursday night game, 52-yard rushing touchdown down the middle of the field, right down the middle of the field. The Broncos defense, which is pretty good, 52 yards running down the middle of the field. Ask Jeff Heath about Sam Darnold when he had to run and tackle him at the one-yard line in the Raiders game, and he ran him over for a touchdown. Sam Darnold has a little of everything to his football game. Mm. Now, we just haven't been able to see it because they don't support him. He hasn't had that. But you heard me say, quick release, phenomenal intermediate thrower. I thought he got better at deep ball throwing last year. I think he is really damn good in the pocket, like really damn good. He's tough. He can throw under pressure. Now we're going to see some pieces around him to really prove my point. I hope that's what we see at least because he was given no fucking chance with the Jets, really, the last two years. All right, Pete wants you to yeah. give a letter grade to his supporting cast with the Jets and what it will be now with the Panthers. Oh, I mean, like, how? Is there, there's, there's not enough letters in the alphabet. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, there's 32 teams in football. How many letters in the alphabet? 26? Well, I, I assume yeah. we're grading on A through yeah, F. Yeah, well, they're, they're the fucking, go. like, ZX team. <laughs> I mean, when you talk about their talents. I mean, their offense sucked. Their skill positions. I'm dead serious. Think of a worse one than, me, than them. I, I Actually, because I didn't think about this, but now that you've posed the question to me, yeah. I think if we had to rank the worst skill group in football last year, the Jets were clearly... 32nd or first, however the fuck you mm-hmm. want to rate that. Yeah. So Of the last decade, too. I mean, a historically bad It's game. historically bad. All like, right. historically. No running game. Barely pass protection. Decent offensive system. Yeah. Absolute no weapon on the field We're, to be scared of. Frank Gore was their leading. Exactly. He's a future exactly. Hall of Famer, yes, Frank Gore. Yes, future Hall of Famer, yes. But... Not at the age of 74 like he was last year playing running back. All right, so he'll be better with the Panthers. Without a doubt. How much better? What's their grade? I mean, the Panthers are, I think, towards the top of football now. When you talk about, you know, you, you know, you've heard me. I mean, it's DJ Moore, who I love. Hello, Chris Sims, man crush. Robbie Anderson, who could fucking fly. Mm hmm. Terrace Marshall, my guy who I thought was a first-round pick from LSU, they got him. You got McCaffrey out of the backfield. I mean, to me, that's that's as strong as it gets. You know, Ian Thomas, not a bad tight end. I can't remember their other tight end off the top of my head. But, like, when I I think of it that way, I mean, yeah, I think that's for sure top 10-ish in football. Top ten ish. So if you want to grade, it's an it's a he's got a he's got an A offense around him now. 
Okay. All right. He so, goes from Z to A. He went from Z to A. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, let's, Kristen, do you have Darnold's last three years? So here's let's take a look at Sam in the NFL from 2018 uh, to 2020. And this question comes from Max Mulcahy. Uh, Max says this. What have you liked from Darnold in the NFL that you didn't like when he was coming out as a draft prospect uh, in the NFL draft? So it's interesting. You yeah. have, you're kind of the opposite of everyone else on Sam Darnold. Everyone else was high on him coming out of college, or yeah. most people were, right. and thought he was deserving of a top yes. pick. Right. You were not. And now I feel like you're higher on most people than Sam Darnold. Uh, yeah. They, everyone else is right yeah, everyone's now. Everyone's falling like off the flipped. boat now. Yeah, yeah. They've jumped off the bandwagon. Well, first off, the expectations were too high coming out. You know, for he was a guy that was a generate. He was all the Trevor Lawrence things were the real, was people said about Sam. Lo- generational. Yeah. I haven't graded anybody this high since Andrew Luck. It was all the same talk, which was, uh, you know, again, it was really good in college. Don't get me wrong. The thing I didn't like to answer the question specifically is I thought in Sam Darnold really in college it was all backyard football that's when he was at his best I didn't I questioned his ability to be able to is he going to be able to make power throws and dice you up from the pocket that's where I didn't think he was on the level of Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield I thought ooh, they're and their arms to me yeah they're better than Sam Darnold's but Darnold to me has shown enough and as I, you always hear me talk about, his consistency throwing the intermediate throws, to me, is where he's really special. He can really do it a lot of different ways. He has an extremely quick release. He doesn't lose control of the football a whole lot. Mm-hmm. So I guess he's been a better, more consistent thrower than I thought maybe he could be, even though it's not going to look like that statistically. He's proven enough to me there that I go, yeah, I like that. And then the athlete is real, too. I mean, it's it's not like superstar athlete, but it's really good. What do I, I want to say? Pocket plus. That's what he is. He's, yeah. He's a pocket passer, but he's got some great scrambling abilities to make people miss and hop around and do things that way. Yeah. And there was something else I was going to say. You probably haven't changed, honestly, all that much. No, but you're it's right. just you probably always saw him as like he could be a you know twenty-ish quarterback in the NFL and. And when you're being taken number one or top five, it's like, what? Top 20? That's, yeah. Now, now like, people have gone too far. It's overcorrection. Like, yeah. And then they're like, well, I don't know about this guy. No. I mean, yeah, you don't know about him. I mean, but but we do know is that he's had no support. Right. That's what we do know. And I am a believer, again, that you can win and you can go to a Super Bowl with Sam Darnold. I'm just right. saying that. And listen, here's here's another thing. Don't forget this. I I, there's teams that were going to trade for Sam Darnold. So, I mean, t- people wanted Sam Darnold. So that, that tells you how people view him, too. I mean, you heard reports about, like, the 49ers thinking about it, the Denver Broncos. So, I mean, the 49ers obviously think he's as good or better than Jimmy G. Yeah. You know, again. so And, and it looks like he had a better market than Jimmy G. I mean, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of teams yeah. are – there's more there's over. more physical ability. There's yeah. just more more physical ability and he has a better variety of throws than I thought he was going to be capable of coming out of college and I think that's probably where I really like it just as far as touch, you know, he doesn't have a 100 mile per hour fastball but he's got a 94 95 and he can really flick it 
with his feet and legs in awkward positions. That's yeah. the other thing I like. So he's he's hopping around and avoiding pressure. And oh wait, there's a corner route that's about to pop open. You know, at the eleven o'clock hour here in the middle of the, in the in, I'm standing in the middle of the clock again. My feet are split, not in the right position. But let me just turn my shoulders and flick it out there. He can really do that. Like it's natural. He is lying though to the media already because he's got the uh, you got the Sam Darnold Bowl versus Zach Wilson, uh, week number one. In Carolina, taking on the Jets, his old team, he said uh, to the media, he goes, for me as a competitor, I'm going out there to compete no matter who the opponent is. So that's kind of my mindset. So he's saying, like, it doesn't matter. who, Like, that's a lie, right? You want to go out there and beat your old team. So he lied there. And then in that same statement, he goes, I think it's a really good opportunity, a good opportunity for this team to go out and prove ourselves against a good opponent. Good Liar. opponent? <laughs> Those are two bold-faced lies well, in one like, statement. Oh, now they improve the team. Look, they're kind of good now. <laughs> That's true. They got a little bit better. Yeah. Maybe an upgraded quarterback. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, but yeah, it's uh, that'll be fun to see. It Week will one. Be. It will Week be. One, It'd be, be a real. That's a real storyline. It and, is. You know, I mean, of course, you know, I love my love me some Zach Wilson. Um, I've been around Sam enough to know. That he is lying, okay? <laughs> he is the kind of guy that will say and do all the right things but has a chip on his shoulder. There's an edge about Sam Darnold. I can speak to that personally. He'll be, he might have said that and then walked away and the media guy like for the Carolina Panthers could have been like, Oh, oh, oh yeah, you're, you're, you know, you're excited about that Jets game. And he's the kind of guy that will be like, oh, I want to fucking kill yeah. him. Like, yeah. you know, he's, he's not going to say it publicly, but there's an edge to him that I really respect. And I think he's got the physical ability and the way he handles himself to be an NFL big-time quarterback. Yeah. I, wish, I wish maybe he showed a little bit more emotion. Like, that's the next thing I'll say. Like, be a little bit more of, hey, fuck you, do this. Let's go, guys. we got to be a little better there. Hope maybe he can grow into that with a little success. It's hard to be that guy or be that leader when your team never wins and you're not playing great ball, right? Uh, you can't right. really vocally, like, take over a team sometimes in that situation. He's got a chance here to win games, put up stats, and now let's see if he can kind of grow his presence and his leadership to go along with what I think is still a, a pretty damn good skill set. I'm rooting for him. He's Me one too. of those quarterbacks where it's, people are starting to give up on him. I want him to prove yeah. people wrong. Right. And I think the same can be said for number 18 on your list of your top 40 NFL quarterbacks going into next year. That player is? we got a faller, but it's Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, yes. Number 18, the Indianapolis Colts. And Carson Wentz, come on, anybody that's been following me knows how I feel about this guy. I mean, yeah, last year was was rough. We know that. But I've seen enough in Carson Wentz's career, too, because, you know, for some of the people that have seen my list already in totality, rather be people at work, I've shown a few people here and there, mm-hmm. that he's one of the ones where they go, ooh, that might be too high for him. You might go low. You had him six last year. I know, and I got and I, I have to go, well, damn. I go, I, I know it wasn't good last year, but let's start back with this. Wait, oh, we just had this conversation with Sam Darnold. Shit and shit and shit around him. What, what, did, what, what, what did people really expect? Out of Carson Wentz. See, what was wrong with last year more than anything was the unrealistic job and how he carried the team in 2019 to the playoffs that gave people false expectations. I can sit here and look at the 2020 schedule and look at the Eagles and go, there's not a game on here, okay? Maybe then, maybe the other than late in the year. There's not a game on here other than Washington week one. 
which I don't know, even that now looking back at it, where you go, Philly definitely should have won that game. They were better than those teams. Mm. Who, who were they better than? Who was he throwing to? The offense wasn't very good. They didn't run the ball. They have nobody to be scared of throwing the football. Now, he let the situation around him affect him last year, and it and it and it pushed him to make some poor decisions and then try to carry the team like he did the year before. And it it you know came back to bite him in the butt. Yeah, he was too reckless with the football. He was too, oh, I'm going to make a play and carry the team here. It became everything was like mm-hmm. a little like Deshaun Watson a few years ago where it's like you felt like every time he dropped back, it was the last play of the game. You're like, something good's going to happen or it's going to be a disaster. What is it going to happen here? But also at the same point, we're talking about a guy that's got a good arm. He's a phenomenal athlete. He has great size. And even though the year wasn't great last year, I get that. The circumstance around him, just like the two guys we talked about already and Sam and Cam Newton, was really bad. As they've told you this offseason, they told you they blew it up. They blew it up in Philadelphia because it needed to be blown up. Wentz gave them the false sense of security to hang on to it one, one year too long. And even with all that, again, I always will go back to Wentz even though with that year, he's shown me the ability to play at an extremely high level. So I'm not going to just knock him to 29 because of one year on a shitty offense with shitty supporting cast and go, that's it. You know, I just could, I couldn't put him below some of these other guys. I couldn't do it. So mm-hmm. that, that to me is where I got, you know, Wentz at 18. Yeah, Kristen, let's look at his last four years if you have it there because one of those years we talk about all the time on track to be the MVP. Yeah, MVP. It's going to be the MVP until he tears his ACL against the Rams. 2017. 2018, I mean, it's not that bad. 21-7. and seven, you, I've never seen a guy after 20, 2018 be vilified after 21-7 and seven quite the way he was. Injuries, availability, yeah. a concern. Right. Part the of the Nick way Foles he plays. situation, winning yeah. the Super Bowl, him being on the roster. That just led to, like, anything he did wrong. Wait, no, Foles won us the Super Bowl. Oh, Wentz through an incompletion? Fuck you. Get Foles in there. Sorry, Kristen. I'm saying a lot of f words today, um, but <laughs> oh, she knows. But then 2019, okay, 2019. You look at those stats. I'd sit there and tell you they're as impressive as stats as anybody in football that year. 27 and seven with that group he was throwing to a bunch of no names. I mean, with no run game, and they got in the playoffs. So you know that's where. Again, I know he can clean up his game. Decision-making wasn't great. He didn't even throw the ball. He has a little bit of the Justin Fields things with his arm at times where, I mean, not at times. He, he's an elbow guy, too. Now, he'll keep it here. So there's not this. And, but but the, opposite, the, the thing that's different between Justin Fields is he does a lot of other things the right way. Mm. But it's something I don't love about his game, too. He's got the chicken wing, if he you can He's got the chicken see. wing, right. The, the elbow wing. is always out. He, he kind of throws through the elbow. I think that's why he wears a sleeve on his throwing arm, because I bet you his elbow is sore from time to time yeah. with how much stress he puts on it. So, yeah, Aaron throws some bad decisions, trying to do too much, all of those type of things. Yeah, led to a down year. But as you sit here, and I think we can all sit here and re- like re- and be realistic. And if you look back at their schedule now, and you go, listen, they beat the Giants twenty-seven to seventeen, you know, and or no, I mean beat the Giants twenty-two twenty-one at home. 
I mean, the Giants were better than Philadelphia. I know at the time we looked at it and we were like, oh, Eagles barely beat the Giants. No, the Giants were clearly better than Philadelphia when this season was all said and done. They were the better football team. They won that game because, wait, wait, Carson Wentz. I mean, so that's where I look at it and look back at it and go, okay, did we think they were supposed to beat the Cleveland Browns? Did We thought they were going to beat the Seattle Seahawks? We, we thought they were going to beat Green Bay? Really? Mm. That's that's what we thought? You thought they were going to beat Pittsburgh and the Ravens? Really? The Rams? Like, uh, you can't look at one of those teams and say, yeah, they blew it that week. That was the game they should have won. No, they went onto the field almost in every game other than Darnucci at quarterback with the Cowboys going that game and the Bengals game where you go, okay, maybe they should have won those games. The rest of them, they were the lesser team on the field for the most part. Carson Wentz was hurt by our high expectations of that team. Exactly. We inflated how good they were. Me too. I mean, I'm not saying – I'm exactly right. It all hurt Carson Wentz, and now he's going to give a big F you with the uh, horseshoe you. Yeah to the rest of the country, I think, after this year's over. Pete has put something in here. And, Pete, this is an indication that I think we've been doing this uh, too long. I feel like we've done this before. Pete put in here the blame rank the things that are at fault for Wentz's bad season. Uh, <laughs> like uh, Howie Roseman drafting Jalen Hurts, uh, we bad did do supporting this. case. Right. Because we had before we ranked the, st- it. the statue yeah. of Nick Foles. Was that the reason the fans <laughs> right. Right, right. put them in there? Right. You let the fans off the hook there. Um, but well, you've made the point that it, it was a lot around Carson Wentz. But he, there's some culpability there for him, too. Definitely. Definitely. Um, he, he, he's he, not he, scot-free he, on this. You, no, he's not. I'm, and I'm not trying to – I hope I'm not trying to sound like I'm, no. I'm letting him off scot-free. Just making that clear. Okay, good, good. Because it, 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 there was. There's plenty of moments of, you know, he lost his way. He felt the pressure. He was out on his feet, whatever you want to say, towards the end of the year by just the – constant scrutiny everybody blaming him him trying to do too much and it affect his decisions on the field and it started to affect his play and everything to where that green bay game yeah it all came to a pinnacle of like man it's just he's he's beat down in all facets physically mentally everything about it and uh, that's where I think it's a good, fresh start with a supporting cast and a coach that believes him in Indy is going to do a lot for him. Frank Reich should be. I mean, he was there in Philadelphia for his best uh, best times, and so that should help. Yep. I am curious, the one last thing with yeah. Carson Wentz is you've heard in the past, and maybe it's been overblown, just how is he, is he that quarterback personality? Is he a leader of a, of a team? Uh, MSN had a story on it, and they talked to some of the players. Uh, his new teammates, like Michael Pittman, said, I have no idea what everyone else is talking about. I just see a team guy. He's always ready to help and just do whatever it takes. He's been a great guy and a teammate. Uh, Jacob Eason says he's done a tremendous job, whether it's in meetings or in the locker room. He engages the guys. You're going to get that in new teammates. They don't want to – I mean, they don't know him that well either. But I think it's interesting. Uh, Former Eagles captain Malcolm Jenkins was talking to uh, Chris Long on his Greenlight podcast, uh, and he said this was after he was traded to the Colts. He says that uh, the quarterback sometimes needed to reach out more to some of his teammates, but he was never the sort of, quote, locker room cancer that he was accused of being. No. So I'm interested to see how he's different or how much was overblown of him being that quarterback, that leader 
in Philadelphia. Yeah, not a cancer. I mean, that that's for sure. That was where I, I believe it was like a little bit misreporting or took a life of its own. I think that whole conversation took a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty easy to really put it, put it together for at least somebody like me who's been around it for a long, long time. Yeah, he needs to get better. I think there's definitely that. You know, guys in the locker room want the quarterback a little. Yeah, he's our leader. He's the general and all that. But they want to feel human. You know, th- th- there's a human aspect to him. Like, Bra- that's where Brady was great. Like, Brady wasn't hanging out with everybody in New England having beers and like, hey, yo, guys, come over. and We're going to funnel beers later and yeah. hang out. I'm going to show you I'm really one of the guys. But, you know, he had a good way of just going over to him on a, on a daily or every few days basis to make a connection with them and talk to them. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up in life? You dating a girl? Or are you married? Blah, blah, blah. It's those things that will go over big in a locker room when the quarterback does that. I think that's where he missed it. But where it be all really compounds and became a thing was, of course, he got hurt and they won a Super Bowl with another guy. Yeah. And now you get compared to that guy for everything. Oh, Nick hangs out with us. Carson doesn't. Oh, Nick Nick talks to us a little bit more. Well, maybe Carson you don't doesn't. Feel, maybe you don't feel like you have license to and, be that well, guy. Well, yeah, maybe a little right? bit that way too. That's definitely going you know, to affect some of that. You're going like, man, do I am I look the same way? You become self conscious. Yeah. But you just can compared to one guy because of that. And maybe that guy is better at some of those things, but it takes a life of its own. And so I don't look at it as being that. I mean, mm-hmm. not to where he's a cancer. Now hopefully he can improve on making some of those relationships or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I would be shocked if it doesn't work here with the Colts. Well, they were all cheering him on at the end of one of their OTA sessions when the whole team played in a knockout tournament. You know, the knockout basketball. Basketball, love brought it. a hoop onto the field. He is good. And Mo Alley-Cox in the, final. the finals. And Mo Alley-Cox was a three-year starter for the VCU basketball yeah, team. Yeah, right. Mo Alley-Cox won. But Carson Wentz made it all the way to the final. I would think so. I would expect that from Carson Wentz. He's got an incredible <laughs> hand-eye, that's for sure. And I would, I would like to think that really most quarterbacks, if they had a knockout tournament, are going to be in at least the final three or four out of a 90-man roster, yeah, final yeah, five. Yeah, what positions would be most likely? I would say quarterback, wide receiver. Yeah, I, I would say tight ends usually have a little uh, – uh, tight ends I was around – usually have a pretty vast skill set. Yeah. They've played basketball. They've played football. They might have played baseball or whatever. I mean, you can do it all a little yeah. bit. So the ones I was around were pretty well-versed. Certain teams, the punters and the kickers, if oh, you get on a team could. like that, they can be shooters. The worst shot's going to be linebackers and offensive linemen, I feel like. Just the the, bo- the build, short neck of a linebacker. Yeah. It seems like I'm not, you're going to get a stiff shot. Yeah. Every now and then you're going to get an a li- offensive lineman with a silky shot. Offensive linemen every now and then can have that like big man silky shot. Yeah, I think you're right though. Linebackers, I would probably really say hmm. defensive linemen. I was gonna go yeah, like linebackers and 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 maybe even really corners. I've oh. seen some corners that just you know they're fast. That's it. But a brick show. But can't can't hit a can't hit a golf ball. Can't throw a baseball. Can't catch. That's can't why catch. That's why that's what back. I mean. So I've seen some where I want to go. Are you shooting with the right hand? Are you sure that's <laughs> you, the way you're you supposed may be to shoot? Left-handed. I know, right? You're not supposed to use both hands, there, guys. Uh, so, uh, but I would say no. Yeah, it's it's quarterbacks. You know, good amount of running backs. Uh-huh. You know, and wide receivers. Wide receivers can go a little either way too, but but they usually are pretty silky smooth athletes right, overall. Well, Carson, well done. New yeah. team. 
Uh, already impressing him with your out. shooting ability. One more quarterback to get to, and he is now in his second year. Wild fluctuations. I know. With this guy in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. You had him 26 to start. He was up to ninth in November when you did a re-rank, and now he is at 17. He's at 17 really because of the current status of his injury, and I don't think that he's going to be 100% when this year starts, especially with that injury coming you know, at, what, week 10 or 11 during the regular season. But Joe Burrow, yeah, Joe Cool, that's the man right there. I love Joe. And really realistically, if he doesn't get hurt, and continues on the trend he's in, he's definitely right around the top 10. There's no doubt about it. The guy has it all. There's only one thing missing from Joe Burrow's game, maybe a little bit more of an explosive element from his right arm, which I believe he's even talked about here recently. And he adjusted it during the year last year. But, man, when I go back and watch Joe Burrow, I mean, first off, it's just like, is this really a rookie? That's the kind of jump back when you watch him. You just go, damn. I mean, plays the position the right way, gets the ball out of his hands, throws with great accuracy, understands, like, the fine line of, like, ooh, This is like a smart chance to take, and this is just absolutely stupid. You know, he only had a handful, like one or two or three plays where I I can go back and look and go, all right, that was a stupid rookie play. All right, he'll learn from that. But I think from everything else, I mean, it it was phenomenal. He's as slippery and as slick in the pocket as anybody in football. He has a legit running ability. Not that he's going to like run for 80 yards down the sidelines, but he can run the read option or a quarterback draw and rip off 25 or 30 yards, no problem. And his ability to make plays off schedule is almost as impressive as his ability to make them on schedule where he can read and react and he makes the appropriate throw and, you know, just the timing of all of it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, for that white guy pocket passer, right? He's got an unbelievable ability and sixth sense to avoid pressure or get out of the pocket and make people miss in space to throw the football again, too. You know, he doesn't have that rocket arm like Josh Allen or Mahomes, but when he gets out of the pocket, he is still looking to throw. And that's what I love about him. It's not about, oh, let me get out and let me just run all the time. He's looking to get out and let me manipulate or do something that way. And he got better and better at that as the year went on. So, yeah, Joe Burrow is definitely knocked down because of the current status of his knee and where Mm -hmm. I think he'll be to start the year. Week 10, if we do another updated rankings, don't be shocked if he's back to the top 10. So he tore his ACL, MCL, and his left knee in November, had surgery in December. Uh, He's expected to be ready week one versus Minnesota. Now, you said about his arm. He's not going to blow you away with arm strength. Yep. Maybe this year he will, at least a little bit more. Tyler Boyd said he's caught some passes. He's not running around, but he's throwing. He's throwing. He's been doing seven and seven stuff that too, I think. Not deep yet. They're not letting him unload 60 yards down the field. But Tyler Boyd said this. He goes, we got to anticipate – uh, oh, his throws were humming. We've got to anticipate this because Joe got stronger last year as well. So hands out there, stinging a little bit, but we got to adjust to it. And another story talked about him adding strength to his hips, and he himself thinks he has more velocity on his throws this year. So maybe he's maybe he maybe will he's listening. Harder. Maybe he's listening. He needs to. He tried to make the adjustment during the year. And anybody that listens to the podcast, I, you can go back early in the year last year. And I can. I, there's many a podcast where I just go, 
The only thing I don't like about it is his down-the-field throwing, some of the explosive throws. They were less than. And that was always my one negative about him coming out he, in the draft. He did. i, I, I got to read you this because yeah. he, he did listen to you maybe. Because this is what he said about himself, self-scout thyself. He didn't say that. Oh, I was going to say that. He <laughs> fucking definitely You had me there. I was like, oh, my God. He's maybe watching the pod right now. <laughs> you had me fooled there. I am Joe Burrow. <laughs> no. Uh, he goes, there was some good and bad. He goes, I'd like to be more explosive. And I think I was really good in quick game situations. Yeah. On fourth down, we were really good. Empty, we were really good. But we need to be more explosive with play action passes. All of our downfield passing needs to improve yeah that's crazy yeah it's 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 he's smart that's why i love the kid he knows he and this is why i love him too i saw him make the adjustment last year you know again going back to the chris sims quarterback school and the mechanics he was a little bit of a too much of a the over the top thrower right let me get my arm high and i got a high release and yeah then he, you know, he'd follow through, and his arm would go to the opposite pocket, right? So he's a righty, he's throwing, his arm would go down to his left pocket. I'd go, that's great, you know, and you could probably throw a nice, perfect spiral and have some accuracy. But again, if you want to drive the ball a certain direction, your arm has to go that direction. It can't go an opposite way, and you think, well, that ball should go really fast the other way. No, how, how is that going to happen? That's why you see Rodgers and Mahomes, when they throw, they want to throw a rifle right down the middle. Their arm goes rifle right down the middle and follows through on their opposite pectoral and things like that. Joe Burrow, if you go back and watch, like around week four or five, all of a sudden, I can still remember like watching the – I can't remember what game it was. I just remember it was around that time where I go – watching some throws, and I remember watching him warm up before the game going, oh, he's trying to, like, change his motion a little bit. Hmm. He's, he's conscious of driving the ball and pushing it down the field, and he did get better at that. But to me, yeah, that's the next element. For him specifically, specifically to grow as a player, but they got a Jamar Chase and Higgins and guys that lend itself to, ooh, we could throw the ball down the field to this group right yeah. here. And then you got a guy like Joe Mixon, where we know he's special. I mean, to me, he's one of the five best running backs right on the edge of that in football. They got talent. They do. They got so a lot of talent. You use that with play action pass, and now Jamar Chase is screaming down the middle. That's where he wants to be more explosive, and that's where I respect Joe Burrow. I don't think his movement's going to be as good early on. I think he's smart enough to make these adjustments to his throwing, and I'm excited to see what it can do on the field. But that's good to hear from Boyd and everything that he's throwing lasers already. Yeah, and so I mean, you look at his numbers uh, if all the way through week 11 did we show that yet Kristen is his all of his I mean it five of his 10 games he had 300 yards or more passing so they put the game on his arm all on him 406 exactly. versus Cleveland week seven and right. that three-point loss great game there uh so you see he was pass attempts per game second in the end I mean they were saying Joe Burrow I don't care if you're a rookie you are going the to squad. pass the ball yeah <laughs> you're you're throwing it and well, that's what they did um you know some of the game, and when you do that, and the other team knows you're going to throw that much too. I mean, that also does make it somewhat difficult. He had the third highest percentage of throwing into tight windows of any quarterback, and so it wasn't like he was getting a whole lot of separation from his quarterbacks, and he was definitely trying to thread the needle in there quite a bit. And so they yeah. were taking their chances. Yeah, no, I mean they they put the team on his shoulders, like almost from get go. To your point and what you're saying, and I think too, like you know, again they have guys that can separate, but. Their offense, their lack of pass protection, you know, going empty, that lends yeah. itself to short throws and having to throw in tight windows. He's phenomenal at that. But I think that next step is, yeah, stretching the field to open all that stuff up.
you know. But that, you know, within that and what we love and that they threw it on him are also the reasons he's hurt too, though. And that's where I just would say, like, you know, they they didn't do the best job in protecting right. their prize investment. That's yeah. the one thing I'll say if I'm going to criticize them a little Which bit. Which is why there was the debate: Penny Sewell, I know, or Jamar Chase. It's I mean, a, it's going to be special with is. Chase and the down the field passing, like you said, needed to get better. He's going to help with that. It's almost like you couldn't go wrong. Either one had pluses and minuses, but you hope he can protect them. I hope they can protect them too. They 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 can't play the style of football they did last year. It just to me, it's not the best for their football team. It's not the best for Joe Burrow. It doesn't take advantage of Joe Mixon and what you're paying him. You're paying him like a superstar running back. So hopefully they have a little bit more of an element of physicality on the offensive line to protect him, to run the football, and do those type of things. But again, you know, it goes back into the same thing. He they had some of the most impressive losses in football last year at least he did at the quarterback position you know you talked about some of those games yeah they were undermanned I mean come on we didn't expect them to beat the Colts or the Browns either time they hung right in there with teams like that you know there was a lot of positive moments even though you go ah they lost the game yeah Joe Burrow had five or six like wow plays during the game he's changed to me the aura of their organization for the first time in a while you know, I don't want to say it's Mahomes-ish, but like Kansas City had a stigma before Mahomes got there. They're kind of like, oh, they're good, but they can never win the big one or yeah, they're never going to win a big true. one. That's true. And now we look at them and go, are they never not going to be in the big one? Are they ever going to not come through in a big game? And I do think Joe Burrow has changed your perception a little bit in the culture there. One thing I said, yeah. again, he has presence on the field. He rises the raises the level of play of the other guys around him. And I know from multiple people there within the organization that he's the leader of the football team and was the leader of the football team by about week five of last year. So he has a real effect on the whole organization, and that's what I like about him too. Just need to rebrand a little bit more. They've changed the jerseys, right. the uniforms a little, they tweaked. We like those all whites. And we do like the all whites. Just match it with an all white helmet, Ooh, and we'll say you, baby. you got it. You've sold us then. So Joe Burrow. Number 17, those are the four we will reveal today in partnership with Woodford Reserve Bourbon. That was the Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown. Yeah, baby. Thank you, Woodford Reserve, mm-hmm. and I'm sorry for my swears during that segment. There was a lot of them in there, There was right? a lot. I don't know. Yes, I don't know. You know, I just get... You get I, fired up. I get fired then, up about the narratives, so when I talk about them, and I now I'm trying to dispel narratives that are just annoyed... I you just, visualize the haters. I do, it's not even the, the haters. Twitter just, comments. Yeah, it is. It's just the stupid narratives around yeah. it that I just get me heated, and I want to prove that part of it wrong. Uh, let's take a couple quick questions from the homies yeah. uh, to get in your head even more. Good. So now we've gone from twenty-one or from uh, 40 all the way through uh, 17, 17 right? here. So this is uh, 40 through 21. This is what you did before previously. We do have a question about someone you talked about with Paul, number 22 on your list, Ben Roethlisberger. William Caldwell yeah. says, holy crap, Ola Batman, looking at the AFC North. <laughs> I love it, William. What do you think it is about Mayfield's and Burroughs' skill sets that make them the leaders in the leader house for you in front of Ben? Oh, he, a lot of Yes, a lot, a lot, of, good, a lot uh, of Sims a lot words of Sims there. Isms. I like yeah. that there, uh, good old William. William. Uh, awesome. Yeah, and, I mean, of course, Lamar Jackson is going to be in front of Big Ben as well. Yeah. You know, Again, you can win with Big Ben. Uh, I think, again, what we saw, you know, the second half of the year, the playoffs. Listen, of course, yeah, there's concerns with Big Ben, and he's not the guy he once was. 
They need to change the formula around them. But I think the biggest thing more than anything is, you know, this group of guys right there can play the game as clean as Big Ben as far as taking care of the football. So I don't go like, oh, Big Ben's older. He takes care of the ball. He understands mm-hmm. it. They're, they're, these guys are pretty good at that. And where I would just go, they have a distinct advantage, in my opinion right now, is what they can do off schedule a little bit. You know, Burrow is special that way. Baker is also good, even though we might not look at it and you watch it sometimes and you go, and then if I turned on the film, I'd go, look, he made a nice move in the pocket here to avoid this guy and then set his feet and threw a 20-yard laser down the middle of the field Mm -hmm. that I don't think Big Ben could have done, right? Which is funny. Those are so small. I know. And you don't even think it. You wouldn't even think it. You're like, yeah, all quarterbacks would do that, but you almost take it for granted when a quarterback does it well. You do. You do. And it's one of those things where when you go back, that's why I like to go back and watch. I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't sit here and go back and watch the whole season and every throw and I write notes on all no, I go back, I cherry pick some plays and some games. Yeah. I just to give myself thoughts. But yeah, that's what comes to your mind more than anything with that specific topic. You know, Big Ben again, he's kind of a statue. His arm's good, but it's not great. All right. And then yes, the ability to make those plays off schedule and do those things to me is not on the same level of those other three right now. One more. We talked about yeah. Jalen Hurts not being ranked in your top 40 yeah. last time we yeah, talked together. We talked about Gardner Minshew. This one comes from G Freak 34 Why isn't Jordan Love on this list? Well, you know, because I, I don't know enough about Jordan Love. Jordan Love was a project last year. He couldn't dress for the Green Bay Packers in any game. That, like... I don't think people really realize how big that is. Hmm. Like we, 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 they, someone needs to fly a banner over Green Bay training camp and go, the guy that we picked at 24 and traded up for did not dress in a game last year. It's, that means there's like, whoa, we can't even trust him to be the backup. Whoa, we don't even want to waste a roster spot on him dressing to be the third. So he was a project and raw coming in. He hasn't played. He hasn't done anything. He didn't dress. He didn't get preseason. He didn't get a normal offseason in his rookie year. So I just don't know where he is. I don't. I don't. You know. So I, I got to see a little something first. Yeah. I do. And I know that some of his good can be real good. I do. But as I stated back then when he got drafted, there are some throws and things you see uh, when he was coming out where you just go, "Damn, you you can't do that. How could you throw the ball like that? Do that." You know, I still see I see some pictures of him and videos of him on things where clips from the from their uh, OTAs and things like that where I go, man, that's not the position you want to be in to throw the ball. I don't know how that's going to lend itself to a, a proper result, but I, I just got to see more before I can throw him on there in front of some other guys that I just have a little more confidence in. Mm-hmm. A lot of the same things you say with Trey Lance, right? A guy who's a little more of a project needs to play, and if yeah. he doesn't throughout his whole rookie year – that's going to be an issue. I got to see it exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Trey Lance, even to compare to Jordan Love, yeah, has some more consistency within his motion than Jordan Love does. So Jordan has more things to work. I on. I think so a little bit. There's a few more kinks in there that now I'll say when Jordan Love puts it all together, I go wow with his throws more than I do Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, that's a big thing there. So I, I just uh, Jordan Love. Uh, I just I have no no info on yet. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Keep the questions coming. We Please always do. love the questions from yeah, the they homies. Were good questions they, make today. It, they make us think. Uh, we also get a lot of comments on our next segment. Let's continue. Oh, yeah. The Royal Rumble countdown. Woo, woo, woo. Coach, quarterback, tag team partners. Here was uh, 32 through 25, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, these are the coaches and quarterbacks that would most likely lose a fight yeah. if they were in Mahomes, another fight. I, Mahomes and Andy Reid texted me this team. last week, and they said they're going to kick your ass. And they Here's you. 24 through 17, so a little bit better than the, than the pack that we just saw, but still likely to lose against half of the league. There are a couple on this list. That now I'm starting to doubt. Oh, yeah. Like what? Tell me the first one. Like, I think uh, I should have given more love maybe to Matt Ryan and Arthur Smith. I didn't realize how you, giant Ar- of a man Arthur, so Ar- big. Arthur right, is. Right. Um, so that one I'm doubting. And uh, then you got in my head with Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer at 17. Although I still believe that Mike Zimmer knows pressure points. And he could take a man down just by the squeeze of a finger. I just can't believe you think they would take on Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. Okay. But they're still in the back half. All right, yeah. So they'd still lose more times than they would win. Right. So now we're getting into the... The better fighters. Oh, the here better we go. Duels. Here and we right go. Right in the middle of the NFL, I have number 16, the Indianapolis Colts, Carson Wentz oh. and Frank Reich. Carson's tough. Like, that's why he gets hurt. You can't right? deny that. He's no. almost too tough. Exactly. It is. You're right. It is. It's too tough. Puts it's himself into really too tough much situations. Of a, yeah, like a belief in self. And, yes. oh, I don't care. I'm big. I'm just going to stand in here. Mm-hmm. There's seven guys hanging on me. I'll still throw it down the middle of the field. Yeah, no doubt about it. And if they're getting pummeled, Frank Reich has it's brought a- his team He's brought his team back. And he can go right at the end. Go like, I knows. think they're done. Yeah, like it's time to – it's comeback time. It, 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 like, uh, again, I, I, I'll see the rest of your list, but – the, the, they're big guys. Oh, you think they're yeah. big guys? Carson Wentz, Frank Reich is six four. Yes, he's fifty nine. Yes, okay, still a good fifty nine. Six four. Yeah, he's six. He's a big dude. I bet you Frank's around two forty something at this point in his life. And Carson Wentz, in all seriousness, I'm just trying to think here as I look off the top, mm-hmm. like I, I we know Cam Newton's the biggest quarterback in football, right? Yes. But Carson Wentz, Josh Allen, Big Ben, 
I'm probably missing one of the guy there as far as, mm-hmm. but they're like they're the next guys that would be the biggest quarterbacks in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a big dude. I was shocked with how big Carson Wentz is when I saw him in person. So uh, they could they could do some damage. Confidence might be low after what happened in Philadelphia, so that could hurt him. Yeah, there. it so could hurt. You're right. They're you're right. 16, 15. They're not quite as big. I like how he did certainly that. on the, on the coach <laughs> front, um, but they're young. They've got youth, scrappiness. The Rams with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay. Now, Stafford, you know me. I love Matthew Stafford. I mean, he's played with a separated shoulder. Tough he's thrown a touchdown pass. Yeah. So he'll, he will fight to the death. Right. And Sean McVay, he's, he's young. He's not big. He's yeah. a very small guy. Right. But sometimes that, they're, that's tough to get to, too, right? It is. He's small he, target. Tough. He's like, he hits the weights, McVay. He does. That's so, for sure. He's got real power, like real power, like definite, like. I mean, he's got like when you shake Sean's hands, it's you can feel like the muscle. He's mm-hmm. he's been in the weight room, and he's not going to tire out like that. I don't think he has ever been tired in his life. No, he is not. He is a million. He's like the micro machine man. He's always Chris. <laughs> I mean, that's the way he is. You're right. So stamina is not going to be an issue there yeah. either. Stafford's going to have an unbelievable right hook. Yes. I mean, that's for sure. Some big time power there. So right. it is a tough, scrappy group here. You're going with the tough scrappers over yeah. the, the size and strength group that you just put right behind I know. them. But I think they're both formidable. They are. They are both formidable. I would I would agree with that, too. You're right. Which makes me worried a little bit about 14 Uh-oh. here as we talk through I it. Because it. I just I talked love how you up, pick apart your own rankings I talked as up 15 you and 16. It. But, no, I'm standing by it because I think the coach here, and oftentimes it's going to rest on the coach, right? Yeah. The quarterbacks are all in shape for the most part. But I think this coach – is one tough man. He's 6'3". He's also 59. Ron Rivera, Ryan Fitzpatrick, your Washington football team. Now, Fitz is a liability, perhaps. I, I, I understand that. Scrapper, too, though. But a scrapper. Yeah. Smart. Right. Like, he's going to outthink the competition, yeah. perhaps, uh-huh. for a majority of the league. They're not in the top 10, but I think Ron Rivera, I think he alone could take another coach, most other coaches. Just himself. I don't think so. I mean, listen, his stare is worth enough for me. I mean, he's scary. When you he would just not want to fight. You. You, oh, yeah, you'd lose the desire to fight. He's got that stare where you're just like, I don't know what he's thinking. Does he want to beat the crap out of me, or is he just like sitting there enjoying the day? I don't know. Yeah, you know, but you he, tap out. He is that kind of guy, and yeah, real strength. I mean, come on, it's Ron Rivera playing the NFL. I mean, geez, no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Fitzpatrick thing, yeah. I think, is the thing. Well, people don't talk. He went to Harvard. Oh. And so people don't talk about that. He can outthink you there. He can outthink you. He, he'll be, yeah. He'll it, be it is. It is. Ahead. He's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have put these two. I probably would have gone Wentz Higher. and Reich, yeah. McVeigh, then Stafford, and then Rivera. And you would have gone the opposite. I would have gone the opposite yeah. of what you did, basically. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. So they're, for, they're still close together, yeah. though. They're, they're, yeah. That's good. I think they'd still beat more than half of the league. Uh, 13, we're going west. We're going with youth and the Chargers with a very big Justin Herbert. Ooh. And a Brandon Staley. He who, was who I was forgetting. I don't know. I don't know a whole lot about Brandon as an athlete, but uh, Pete notes in here started two years at quarterback for the Dayton Flyers. He's not big, five ten, but he's thirty eight. And so I'm banking on youth there, and I'm banking on the giant stature of Justin Herbert. Yeah, youth is a big thing. It's a youth play here. I mean, like, really, what's youth worth, right? Like, how much? If you're all right, the guy that's 59, right? Yes. Like if you were both 39, he would have kicked your ass then, right? Yeah. Yes. But 
how much is he like? What what is that really worth? Twenty years later, and thirty eight to compared to a fifty eight or something like that. Like you, Brandon and, and and Ron going head to head. Just right. like picture that, right? right? You got Ron, who's intimidating, can steer you down, right? And he's going to go, and he may be winning early on, but something. I mean, older something could happen. Could hurt. Right? Could pull a hip muscle. Yep. Knee, right. knee right. goes out. Right. Boom. Then you're in trouble. No doubt. Or he's just old and he just tires out. Exactly. Right. So that's exactly. yeah, I hear you. The youth thing has to be the real, real conversation. And Herbert, I should have put in the list with that other quarterback oh, yeah, you just talked right. about, along with Dak Prescott, probably. That's who I probably missed the other guy. Yeah. Those are the biggest quarterbacks in football. So, okay. I'm not going to fight back against that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you in the youth thing. The I youth think the youth is, thing the youth is, is it's worth a lot. It and, really is. And the big quarterback. And here's another fairly big quarterback. And I think the coach is pretty big, too. Uh, yeah, Pete notes here approximately 6-1. At 12 in the tag team combo, I'm going with the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, who's 39 years old. You know Joe Judge, former quarterback. Joe Judge kicks some ass, for sure. For sure. I wouldn't mess with Joe. I mean, Joe's. He's. I mean, he makes his coaches run. He's an and they don't fight dude. back. Yeah, he's an intense dude. He's from Philadelphia, so he's not afraid of confrontation. Oof. You know that, right? Daniel Jones is big, and you could say what you want about Daniel Jones. One thing I'd be confident is that he could take a punch. He could take a hit. He's been yeah. getting hit his first three years in the NFL, uh, constantly or two years, but uh, yeah, three years. Three. Would he yeah. be aggressive enough? That would that's be the, the big that's thing. The question that with would Daniel be the Jones. big thing. You're right. Right. But he. Would he throw enough haymakers and connect and do things like that but judge yeah i'm with you in the fact that he's a real difference maker in the coach's battle there so he might take all three like he'll beat up the other team and then he'll beat up daniel for not for not beating his back up his enough. guy all the way yes. yeah yeah but uh okay i'm not i'm not against that okay. i mean jones big they're strong, in the conversation at they are 10. in the conversation for sure you're okay. right number 11 here uh uh, this is a, the opposite of Daniel Jones, personality-wise, as a quarterback. The Cleveland Browns of uh, Baker a, Mayfield and Kevin Stefanski. Right, right. Uh, Stefanski is 39. Yep. A lot of 39-year-old coaches yep. here. 5'11". He played defensive back at Penn. Right. Two-time honorable mention for the All-Ivy team. And he's got that stare, much like Ron Rivera, where, like, Kevin Stefanski, I've never <laughs> met the man. He, like, could be a robot. Like, I'm not totally sure that he is a human being. <laughs> well, the fact that he played DB, mm-hmm. I mean, it shows you there's there's something there. There's athleticism. There's strength. There's got to be explosiveness. Even in the Ivy League, yes. I, I don't care. I, I had friends that played in the Ivy League. They were legit athletes. So yeah. it's not like, oh, yeah, like, oh, it's in the Ivy League. It doesn't matter. He was a DB. No, there's something to that, especially if he was starting and playing at that kind of level. And then Baker, like, Baker's, like, stout. Has yes. real power and explosiveness. You're like if you see Baker in person, yeah, he's six one, okay, but he's got like shoulders of like a guy that's six three or six four. He's got really long arms, pretty big hands. He's thick. Like thick. there's some ass and some chest on Baker Mayfield, <laughs> so he's gonna move you around. And you know he's tough and re- and batted batted too. So I, I I'm with you there too. I I like that. Yeah, Stefanski a little undersized, but the youth makes up for it. And yep. like DBs are psycho tough. So been hitting people's whole life. That's right. He's a human missile. So I'm I'm with that. 
And if someone tells told you that Baker Mayfield has not been in a fight in his life before or multiple fights, you'd be like, I don't believe that. I don't I feel like he has either. been in many. I mean, then we see it. We saw a YouTube of him in the fight with the police trying to run from the cops. Sure, right? Good call. Good call. We've seen it before. <laughs> Evidence. Uh, but he is not in the top ten. We got two more here. I'll give you ten and nine, Ooh. and then we'll save the final eight for the next time we talk on Wednesday. Number ten. So just making it into the top ten is the combo with the Jacksonville Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. And Urban Meyer. Urban does not have the youth, but he is six two. Yeah, and he uh, he, he's tough. He is tough. He is. He's got. He's played through, you know, medical conditions. He's come back to coach. Stress is not apparently making him scared. He's not running from it. He's going headfirst into this fight. Hey, he's a psycho. I don't like psycho deny that, which is what you need. There's no doubt. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I don't know. I don't but know big either. quarterback. Big, strong, athletic. I mean, yes. Does has the, all does, the tools. Does the long flowing hair indicate I, I that he's know. not that tough? I know. Is, is hair pulling allowed in these fights? I don't know. These are all <laughs> good questions. It is, it is allowed. Fitzpatrick are in trouble then because he could pull their beards or their but hair. But he could do a hair tie and it, yeah. or a bun. Yeah, you're right. I think you're a little high with this group. I think you're a little high with him. I think the intensity of Urban Meyer is what got me. I was like, he just seems like such an intense yeah, guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got like... There's Jim Harbaugh. Yes. And then there's Urban Meyer. Right. Like, Urban is one of those guys you look at and you're like, is he going to sucker punch me or punch me? Like, he's, he's got that look of Like, everyone else inside. would be like, are we really doing this fight <laughs> yeah, thing? Yeah. And Urban Meyer would be like, yes, yes we are. Yes, we're doing we, it. We yes. are. Yes. All right. Well, good. Death. At least you got Trevor. You, you, you sure you don't want to give him Tim Tebow? I don't think he'd get in the ring without Tebow. Well, that's a good I call. I think he'd be like, well, I'm bringing in Tebow. <laughs> I got to bring in Tebow because he'll work harder than any humans ever worked. And uh, we got to bring him in. Uh, Sorry, I couldn't help it. Number nine, the last one we'll do here, is uh, another older coach. But I'm going with more of the strength of the quarterback here. And, And there is a little bit of a quarterback debate with this team. New Orleans Saints, I'm going with Taysom Hill. Yeah. I think it's okay. going to be Taysom Hill right. and Sean Payton. Sean Payton, certainly a liability there. Uh, but I think Taysom Hill, we've already seen it with Taysom Hill. Like yeah, a quarterback that can run like him, play tight end, take the hits, um, he's going to be tough to tough to take down in any fight. There, there's, there's no quarterback that's as strong as Taysom Hill in football right now. I mean, he's, he's the strong – like if we had to do a power cleaning, squatting contest. Like pound for pound. Pound for pound. He's going to out-squat everybody. I don't even care if the guys are bigger than him. There's mm-hmm. nobody going to squat more than him. And, yeah, his twitchiness and explosiveness is not of the quarterback realm. Mm-hmm. He is a little different that way. You know, his twitchiness and explosiveness goes into the – Almost the Lamar, Lamar Jackson great running back, except he's got like a tight end build as far as a body. He is going to kick some ass. Yes. For sure. Um, Sean Payton's a worry. Sean's like, but Sean is like another one of those, like, I don't know. You just look at Sean. I feel like he would know how to fight and figure it out. Mm-hmm. He might have a dip in his mouth and he might drink a cold beer right before he gets into the fight. Well, I, but if he does that, I feel, be- honestly, I, feel I feel better I think, about it. I think he'd probably be a better fighter like that. I feel so, better about that. Yeah, I would too. And yeah, I just feel like he'd have like some tactics to be like, we're going to shift to West right slot. You would think and it out. And then we're going to beat the crap out of All right, of so I feel better about that. That's Taysom Hill, pound for pound, 
one of the toughest quarterbacks and maybe the toughest. And, and Sean Payton with dip and a beer. Yeah, and how old is Sean? Early 50s? 57. He's 57? He's that old? Yeah. Okay, so he's, he's young 57 to me, though. I didn't think he was that old. Yeah, Damn. but with a dip and a beer, he's like, he plays it, like 50. It, well, yeah, it takes 10 years off him, just like it does most people. <laughs> so there <laughs> are the latest eight there. We'll get into the top eight oh, coming up. I feel good about baby. those. Those are some good fighters There were some good ones. Right? Some really some, good like, ones. Not one where you're like, they're going to lose instantly. You got so some good ones good. coming up. This is going to be really the final fun. Eight. Yeah. The final eight the coming final up on eight. Wednesday. The Ahmed, have you, how have your social media reactions been so far with this? Pretty good. Here's one from That England Guy. That England said, Guy. Love the pod, guys, but that Zimmer Cousins ranking was a disgrace. <laughs> he goes, yes. Cousins couldn't beat my mom in a fight. <laughs> I love it. I love, he didn't even go after Zimmer. He goes after he Cousins. I love it. Zimmer's 60-something. He, he goes, goes after Zimmer, Cousins. He'd be fine. <laughs> cousins, on the other hand. Uh, uh, so I love it. All right, we'll get into the final eight next time. Good. Real quick, before we go, yeah. uh, you got to look at a body. And uh, that body is, uh, who is this? This oh, is uh, that's Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard. Bernard. That's so Chris insane. Sims, professional body inspector, is taking a look at Gio Bernard quads i mean YouTube. again it's like the old um if you wanted to know why they call it a quad as in four muscles there's mm. all four for you um <laughs> holy crap that's yeah. like just amazing yeah. though and, a, and a, like a fifth is trying to grow it well i mean like. that's for running that's where again like you know i know we've had this conversation running backs are just a different animal than mm -hmm. most people on the planet there's just nobody with the muscular makeup of these guys i mean what it's all been running back pictures mm -hmm. i feel like everything we've looked at through ota so far it's always like yep. look at this running back's freak legs you're right i mean it's always a running back that's it's because it's it's thickness it's power they have everything they have the the track legs whatever you want and here he's got a little in between and it's like like that mike davis picture it's caught his leg like Perfectly. Perfectly, as I think he just put that left leg into the ground, right? Yeah. So it caught it just with everything firing and like that. But it's like, how do you not pull a quad muscle with a quad I, like that? I would not be surprised if the running backs are telling the team photographers now. It's like, I need to beat. You know, like, well, we've seen the ones out there right now. Get the perfect shot and let's put it on social media because we've seen A.J. Dillon and his quads, and he was asked about his quads, mm. maybe because that we've sparked discussion on people's muscles we do that. on this podcast. Uh, Kristen, do we have A.J. Dillon talking about his quads? A.J., uh, first, I, I'm assuming that sweatshirt says the quad father. Am I right in saying sure, that? Sure does. <laughs> I put out a thing on Twitter, and I did a little poll, and it was like 5149 for quadzilla and quad father. And somebody brought up the idea of one leg being quadzilla, the other one being quad father. So I'm going to roll with that. Either name is applicable, and I'm fine with that. I would definitely respond to it. <laughs> there we go. So we're showing another picture here. I don't know. We're showing the right quad at a good spot now. I don't know if that's quad father or quadzilla, but uh, either, either way. way. It's quad-tastic is what it is. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unreal. I mean, it just he's, he's got just such real thickness. It doesn't really yes. matter what angle you catch his leg in. Uh -huh. It's going to look big no matter what. Mm -hmm. uh, it's cool. He's having fun with that. It really is. Like Quadzilla, though, I've uh, that's heard, copyright that infringement. Yeah, I, think I, I believe people called star. Saquon that. I really believe they called Saquon, Saquon that. He was Saquad, but I feel yeah. like Quadzilla came out of that as well. There's definitely another. I know there's another athlete that's right. Quadzilla out there. I don't know I, if it was a college football player, a track star, but I've heard that one before. Just Quadfather's the, new. The Quadfather's new. That's a good one. I yes. have not heard of that one, and it's very well done. And that's the Godfather real 
emblem if you haven't that, seen what, the you're movie. Right, that was, yes, yeah. that was the real emblem on the. I have uh, seen it. I mean, I just I sit here and think like, thank God that we're in an era where John Stockton short shorts are in play again, <laughs> because like yeah. we missed a whole decade of great legs with Michigan the long Fab short five. Michigan Fab Five look. You're they right. They blew it. They blew it for everybody. We never saw a running back's leg from like 2000 to 2019. <laughs> now we get to see everybody's. Uh, so it's pretty cool that way. But Goody's having fun with it. I mean, All there's right. no doubt. So here's the challenge. Yeah. We're gonna do this next time we're going to get to rate your snap count next time so send in rate your snap counts uh we'll do that next time and also if you want to send in more quads of nfl running backs to us that you've seen out in the wild we'll rate those as well we've become the snap count quad king of nfl podcast well, i'll even one up it there too what? like i love the snap count love the running back pictures yeah and if you want to do a snap count and send a picture of your own quads <laughs> okay, in too, well, okay. I would love that. That would be great. Okay. Rape your rate your snap count and my quads. Okay. I think we're getting into dangerous territory there. So okay. don't feel the need to send your own quads. In fact, don't do that. Just <laughs> Damn. We're going down a road so here. Good. We're going down a road here that I uh, that now I am not comfortable with, and I've become comfortable with most things. Um, all right, so that's it. All right, we that's did it. it. We got lots of lists, lots of talk. We did it all today. I was a lot of stuff. There. We did hour and uh, Kristen. What was four, it? Hour and hour, hour and thirty-five. Was an hour and five, Kristen? <laughs> she doesn't know. She, she's she's asleep. She's asleep. She's like I've yeah, gone she's to bed. So the hell with this day. place. Yeah. All right, everybody. Wednesday we're back in the fold. More of the Chris Sims top forty quarterback countdown. Countdown. Uh, keep the questions coming. Yeah. Right, we had some good ones today. Yep. And again, I mean. Some of these are tough. They're nitpicky. So if there's something I didn't quite explain the right way, hopefully I can get more in the weeds or detail it a little bit better to make you feel better about my rankings. Or you don't have to feel good about it either way. Just say, no, Chris is an idiot, and I <laughs> yeah, don't like those bad. rankings. I'm either moving way. on with my life. But you the man. Thanks for today. I'm loving the rankings. It's I can't good. wait for that. We do it all top eight next week. The whole top we eight. Next, it will complete the list on Wednesday. Okay, darn it. I thought maybe we should go four and four and just like keep the people waiting. But okay, no, I think we give the, we right. give the whole thing. Sure, we'll give you're, the top you're the VP of NBC. We'll think Sports. of a new. We'll think of a new list. Okay, there we go. I'm in Fareed. You the man. Peace out, everybody. Talk to you Wednesday. Clap, Clap it, it up. up on the new microphone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.